You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. From AIB Treasury, I'm Gavin O'Carroll and welcome to our special quarterly podcast covering the release of AIB's Brexit Sentiment Index. I'm joined today by Catherine Moroni, Head of Business Banking Market, and Oliver Mangan, AIB's Chief Economist. With another Brexit deadline looming and political uncertainty continuing to dominate the UK's negotiations with the EU, sentiment among SMEs on the island continues to be rooted in negative territory, according to our latest AIB Brexit Sentiment Index of SMEs across the islands. Ali, I'm just going to bring you in firstly. In terms of the timing of this latest survey, can you bring us through the background to how the survey was compiled and the background to where we're at now? Yeah, well, this is obviously our quarter three survey uh, conducted in September. And a lot has changed since the last survey. Uh, if you go back to quarter two, uh, what we've had in the UK has been a change in leadership in the Tory party, a new prime minister, Boris Johnson being elected in July, and then uh, really on an agenda where he would promise to deliver Brexit by the end of October with or without a deal. So earlier on in the year, there was strong expectations that the UK would leave with a deal. Uh, but unfortunately, the withdrawal agreement failed on three occasions to get past the House of Commons. And over the summer, with the election of Boris Johnson, we saw markets take the view that there was a, a real risk here of a no-deal Brexit, that the chances of a ro- no-deal Brexit had risen. That's probably most evident in the behaviour of sterling uh, If you think back to the first half of the year, sterling started the year around 1991, p versus the euro fell all the way, the euro fell all the way to 85p on expectations we'd get a deal. And then as concerns about the rising risk of a no deal began to take hold, we saw sterling climb, or the euro climb all the way from 85p up to 93 by August, 93p. So that concern of uh, of the rising risk of a no deal Brexit really forms the background to this. I think you know, it hopped out of one question in particular in regard to what people's expectations were in regard to a hard border. That rose sharply in the survey from quarter two. In the Republic of Ireland, 59% of respondents now expect a hard border vis-a-vis 38% in quarter two. And in the case of Northern Ireland, where it's been a very low uh, expectation of a hard border right through the series of surveys, it went from 14% up to 32%. So significant increases there, really reflecting what's going on in the market, the political chatter, that there is a real risk now of a no-deal Brexit, if not of end October, maybe soon afterwards. So reality bites, Ali. Absolutely. Okay, Catherine, just to bring you in, good morning, welcome. Can you bring us through the key findings from this latest survey, please? Um, Absolutely. I think the really critical thing, based on what um, Ollie has just said to us there, is an acute realisation by business that Brexit will happen. And what we're talking about now is the question of how quickly it happens and the form it will take. But there is no doubt that it will happen. And that's reflected in the sentiment outcomes. So, for example, the fact that it's so difficult for businesses to be really clear, the sentiment overall has dropped back to minus 51%. In this quarter, which is as low as it has been. The lowest point was minus 52. The second thing is that 59% of businesses, as Ollie already said, expect a hard border. And whatever a border looks like, you're talking then about potential time delays, additional documentation, disruption to just-in-time delivery systems and supply chains. And that's reflected in the sentiment as well, particularly the uncertainty to get ready for that at this point. Also, of Acute interest to us is the fact that of those who are planning to invest in their businesses, half of them have cancelled or postponed those plans to invest. That has a knock-on effect on activity in the economy and even GDP in time. 
And critically too, 45% of businesses in the Republic of Ireland, 47% in the North are saying they're feeling the effects already. In fact, 28% of them are saying that they can feel it in their sales figures. So that's compression at both ends, the revenue coming in on the sales line and potential extra costs. I would finish by saying that on a positive note, on the supply side, almost half, 45% of Irish SMEs have now started to seek out and found non-UK suppliers in case they need them. And also on the exporting side, 39% of them are already looking at diversifying. So that's great to see that activity happening now. Okay, Catherine, the transport, tourism and manufacturing sectors seem to be the most negative in this wave of sentiment across the islands. Yes, if I take each of them, I've just mentioned there in turn, transport to start with is at minus 57. And intuitively, you might say, well, surely this will be good for transport. But actually, the transport sector has been enjoying free movement, particularly across the land bridge. The key concern they have is disruption at ports and time is money and also across the land bridge and indeed across a border, potentially, if there was to be one on the island of Ireland. So their concern is the immediate effect of additional documentation and time delays, but also structural changes to their industry over time, if you think that through. So that's the the transport concerns. On the tourism side, it's fair to say that's a very buoyant sector overall, but the mix is changing. Mm. And their concern, particularly around the border, is with sterling being weaker and uncertainty, those short stays that UK tourists take in Ireland, they tend to take a short stay in Ireland and their longer stay on the continent those short stays have been impacted already. Now, it's been picked up by other European visitors, but that is a concern depending on where you're placed and what your offering is in the tourism. That's already impacting them. And then finally, in manufacturing, obviously, if you're importing at the moment, sterling weakness may be of advantage to you. But in the long term, they're concerned deeply about their supply chain and the security of their supply chain, the timeliness of their their, um, supply chain, potential tariffs, and of course, over the long term, export competitiveness. Absolutely. So they're all really, really key concerns and valid concerns they have. Catherine, whatever the outcome of Brexit, there will be increased costs related to customs compliance and delays in the supply chain. And in a hard Brexit scenario, there will also be customs duties for customers. Yes, and I, I think that's the critical thing in this survey. There is a, an acute realisation, as I said, that there are going to be costs for businesses. And it's a question of where they land and how quickly. So, for example, in a soft Brexit, um, we already know from the discussions, unfortunately, that there's some kind of customs control needed, whatever about duties in time. And that for, for businesses means time. It means the cost of documentation compliance. Mm-hmm. It also means certain things like there may be needs for transit guarantees and things that they must put in place and guarantees for import and export duties. So having that work done is really important because what businesses don't want to find is at that very last moment they're dealing with these things with a lot of other businesses at the same time. I think the other critical thing I would say is that um, we noticed in this survey that 14% of SMEs have postponed bank borrowings um, for working capital as well, not just um, investment uh, reasons. And I think the critical thing there is to make sure that a business takes a prudent approach and coming into Brexit now that they either have cash in the bank or that they have availability of working capital in case they're hit suddenly. And that is a very real possibility because we're so close to the deadline date. They don't want to be left without a buffer. 
so close to October and beyond. AIB has had Brexit preparedness workshops for customers throughout the country uh, since early September. And as we come to a conclusion uh, on those workshops, we're actually going to be releasing a two-part podcast series in covering in detail both the finance preparedness for customers and also the customs preparedness for customers. And that's in conjunction with our friends from BDO. Ollie, what is likely to happen in the months ahead given the sensitivity of Sterling to uh, the outcome of potentially the EU summit and then beyond the election in November? Yeah, well, Sterling really has been relatively range-bound over the last three years. 87, probably to 91p, has contained most of the action against the euro. Now, it has moved outside that range for short periods of time. I think we're coming to a situation, let's say we get an extension uh, to Article 50 for the end of October. That really just kicks the can down and not a long distance down the road. I think we're, we're, Brexit is going to come to a head pretty soon uh, post the UK election if a decision hasn't been reached before then. Uh, and you know, as soon as the markets get a sense of which way Brexit is going to break, i.e. we get a deal or we get a no deal, then Sterling can be expected to move quite sharply. In the event we reach a deal, uh, you know, they, that would take away a lot of the economic risks, certainly over the next number of years. Sterling can be expected to rally in those sort of circumstances. The euro could easily fall back to 84, 85p or even below that. Now, and it's not just us saying this, but even central banks, etc., have warned that in the event of a no-deal Brexit, Sterling could fall very sharply. And we've seen this happen before. We saw it after the referendum result. We saw it during the financial crisis. Sterling can move by 10 or 15% in a very short period right. of time. And there are forecasts out there which suggest that the euro could go all the way to parity in the event of a no-deal Brexit because of the very negative implications it would have for the UK economy. So I would say to people, you know, Sterling has been largely range-bound. It has been volatile in that range, but the likelihood is it will move out of that range, if not at end, at end October, fairly soon after that, once we get a UK election result, and what the policy of the incumbent government will be in regard to Brexit. This issue is coming to a head pretty soon. We encourage customers to visit aib.ie forward slash Brexit for the range of customer supports available from AIB and indeed the really useful analysis within this latest AIB Brexit Sentiment Index. There are two great customer case studies with the Northway Mushrooms in Armagh and Flemings in Monaghan and also an insightful article from Brian Gillen from our Northern Ireland uh, perspective and also a detailed view from Kierner Byrne on our trade finance offering to support SMEs and business customers. Catherine, just finally, the key customer learnings from from this survey, please. The key customer learning is to make sure you have your contingency plans in place now, not wait. Exactly as Oliver said, this is coming to a head really soon and we already know sufficient. And I think it's encouraging to see how many customers have already started to look at alternative suppliers and they're looking into their supply chain, not just their immediate suppliers, but the sub-supply chain beyond that. And likewise with where they're exporting to. I think the critical thing then, second to that is, if you have any concern, feel free to speak to either your advisors, your bank or the government support services because they're talking to all sectors and they're talking to all types and sizes of businesses. And without breaching any confidences, they can share with you what they're seeing and what they're experiencing and what other businesses are doing that might be helpful to you. So engage early and often would be my advice. 
thank you sincerely to both Catherine Moroni and Oliver Mangan for their analysis and insights from AIB's latest quarterly Brexit Sentiment Index of SMEs across the island. We look forward to speaking again soon in terms of the finance and customs podcast series coming and our weekly market talk. Thank you to our customers and listeners for joining us on this special quarterly podcast. You are more than welcome to subscribe to AIB's Market Talk on iTunes or the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.